Okay. Hi, my name is Emily Zaslowski, and I was a volleyball player at the University of North Carolina, and I'm the host of More Than My Stats podcast. Since the Olympics are here, that means that this is the time of year where I mark my calendar for every single USA volleyball match so I can watch them compete. However, I realized that besides my obvious love for the game, uh, part of the reason I love watching it is because I understand the basics of how the sport is played. And I'm not sitting there like, what just happened? Why did the ref just call this penalty? And and just didn't have questions. I can just sit back, watch and relax. And I knew if I had that understanding, like even just the basics of other sports, that I would probably feel the same way. So I reached out to my community and said, like, hi, if you if you play a sport um, and want to teach us about it, please, can you reach out to me and we can get you on the schedule? And I am blown away by the responses. And this is the the first of the series, the the sports the sport spotlight series for more than my stats podcast. And I scheduled these around the different sports based on when they're competing. So first up, we have Alex Gango, who will be teaching us the basics of judo. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for coming on today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So um, like, well, you said, I said, we looked, uh, judo at the Olympics is going on actually right now where we've already had some athletes competing until the 31st with both men's and women's weight divisions competing daily. Um, I guess just to start, what have you thought about the Olympics for judo so far? Oh my gosh, it's been incredible. There's been so many historic wins that have been happening. Um, there were the two siblings from Japan that medaled on the same day. They both won gold side by side, which was so cool to see. Um, I'm from Canada and Canada has been having an incredible game. We had, uh, Jessica Klimkate get third. We had Catherine Boschmitz-Nyard get third last night. We had Arthur Marjorie-Dong get fifth. And it's been a really incredible game for us, I'd say. I've loved all these like siblings or family members or even spouses that have got to come because like, it's a little sad, this Olympics where people can't come obviously for safety, which I fully support, but then it's nice knowing like, not only do you have people who can like watch you like still there, but that like just such a nice little community of people competing. So, uh, yeah, judo's already off to a strong start. It's one of those sports that people are already competing from the bat where some sports, like I said, uh, volleyball, it's like prelims right now. So there's not medal matches till later. So you really hit the ground running, which I think is really awesome though, because you can be watching medal matches every single day with judo. So I'm, I'm really excited to highlight the sport. Yeah. I, it's been an incredible, an incredible Olympics so far. Yeah. Okay. So to start, um, this is going to be one of our more basic spotlights just because I personally don't know anything about it. And I think most of our listeners are probably pretty novice in their understanding. So can you start with telling us the basics on how judo is played? Um, so in the Olympics, the men's and women's competitions are each divided into seven weight classes with each nation fielding one entry per class. Uh, the athletes will compete in four minute matches in a single elimination tournament. Uh, The winner of each advances to a gold medal match, and the four judoka who lose in the quarterfinals are split into two repressage contests. The two winners of the repressage matches will face each other in the semifinal, will face the semifinal losers, pardon me, from the other table for one of two bronze medal matches. So in judo, we have one gold medal match, and we have two bronze medal matches. Okay, that makes sense. So it's kind of like bracket style process of elimination, um, and that. So so you say like basically you win to advance. Can you go into more exactly how do you win? Like go into the detail on the scoring system of judo. 
Um, so to win a bout, a player needs to score more points than their opponent with points being awarded for throws or holds. And there are also penalties that are given for various infringements. Uh, so there's two types of scores that an athlete can achieve in judo. Uh, Ipon is the best and it results in immediate victory and can be achieved if you throw your opponent with speed, force, full control, and make them land on their back. Um, an alternative method of scoring Ipon includes trapping an opponent in an arm lock or a strangle to the extent that it forces them to submit or by immobilizing them on the floor for at least 20 seconds with both of their shoulders pinned to the ground. Um, the next best score is Wazari, which is a half point. In that the award of two Azaris in the in about is the same as scoring Nippon. And in that situation, hence the winner is declared. Wazari is awarded for the lesser throws than those of scoring Nippon. So let's say there's less speed or less control. Um, and for immobilizing the opponent for less than the time required to score Nippon. For example, if you hold someone down for 15 seconds instead of 20 seconds. Um, there's also two types of penalties awarded in judo. We call penalty shidos. Um, and those happen for minor rule infringements. And then there's also the bigger um, penalty of Kansoko Make, so kind of like a red card um, for major rule breaches and or for the accumulation of three Shidos, so like three yellow cards essentially. Uh, Shidos are uh, awarded for stalling tactics to long periods of non-aggression, um, but an award of Kansoko Make to an athlete automatically gives the match to the appointment. And, uh, Let's say if there's a major rule infringement, uh, it would result from expulsion from the tournament. Um, if, let's say, at the end, because matches are four minutes, at the end of the matches, the score is tied, uh, a period of golden score happens. And in this overtime period, the first score is a pawn, Wazari, or Hansokomake wins the athlete the match. Okay. So <clears throat> what I'm getting is that we've got a four-minute match with different ways to get points and lose points. Um, are these points like when they're given, like you said, there's different things for 15, 20 seconds or for throws. Um, are these determined by like subjective, like, um, there's a referee that's watching this happen and he just holds up a point, like holds up a hand, or it's like, there's judges on the side that are keeping track. So nothing's missed. Like, is it up to one specific person to like catch it kind of like, almost like if, You've seen baseball balls and strikes. Like sometimes there's some wiggle room and sometimes it's gauged incorrectly or it's like, all right, this was videoed. This is an official challenge. I see that this was objectively two points and they should get yeah. that. So in judo, you have a referee that's on the mat area with the athlete. Um, so they can only give points. Uh, the only way a point can be taken away is there's a committee of other judges that sit on the side of the mat. And they have a video replay with it. And uh, if a referee makes a box with his hands, for example, that means he's communicating to the other referees that he wants like a replay, like we want to see what actually happened. Um, or they have earpieces as well. So if they make a call that is deemed uh, not what actually happened by the referees on the side, they'll, uh, they can take away points by doing that as well. That makes sense. Yeah. I think review has become a huge component in a lot of sports that I'm not sure if that was always a thing with judo specifically, but I know a lot of sports have been increasing the amount of review, probably with the amount of technology that we have. So that's pretty cool too. Um, okay. So you mentioned a lot of terminology there. Uh, what are some of the main terminology that we are going to hear when we are watching that if we don't know what it means, like we might be like, what is that? 
Yeah, so a lot of people don't understand the terminology right off the bat when watching judo because judo uses Japanese terminology when referring to the different uh, techniques and scores. Uh, the techniques, there's so many different varieties of techniques that you'll hear that I could I could explain for 10 years about the, the different throws and the whole dance and everything. But the biggest things that people would hear during a judo match would be the scoring system, which would either be Ikan, Wazari, or Shido. Um, the upon ending the match uh, being the full point, the Wazari being the half point, and then the Shido being the penalty. Okay. No, that's super helpful. That's super helpful. And in general, um, what I'm hearing too is like, if you have a hard time picking it up, this isn't a foreign language. So if it sounds word, like don't get discouraged if you're having a hard time picking it up because it is something that just in general, like a lot of the terms you were saying, you require just like a higher skill level, but not to get necessarily bogged down or discouraged if you're having a hard time remembering it. Just know like, hey, this this is what it is. And if you keep watching, you'll pick it up. Yeah, so the entire sport of judo, even um, in English speaking countries, it's, uh, it's still, we still use Japanese terminology since it did originate from Japan, just keep that traditional factor to it. Um, so yeah, if you don't understand what's going or what's being said in a judo match right away, don't be discouraged because it does take a couple years of <laughs> a couple years to get into it for sure. Yeah, no, that, that's good though. Because I mean, again, it's one of those things like sometimes I, when I watch, I want to understand, but it's almost nice knowing like, Hey, Emily, like you aren't being a bad spectator if you don't understand everything that's yeah. going on like let's just kind of let it go and let's appreciate other sports than necessarily the term so I think that's really important um yeah. so from my understanding of martial arts now my experience is very I was like I only got to be a white belt when I was like 10 years old in karate so I, I honestly even if you compared it exclusively to karate I still wouldn't even know but i my understanding is that there's different things that are and aren't allowed in each different type of like fighting sport um so like you said throws for example um so what kind of moves are allowed in judo that may not be allowed in wrestling or karate or what is specifically focused on in judo um like what are what are the main differences on on what's allowed so the main differences between judo and sports such as karate and wrestling is that judo allows a variety of rolls throws pull downs chokes and arm locks whereas in wrestling um, for, at least from what I understand, you can't do uh, chokes or arm locks, for example. Um, strikes such as punches and kicks are not allowed just to their, due to their potential of injury. Um, and a major difference of, between wrestling and uh, judo is that leg grabs aren't allowed. Okay. And because you, what, do you guys wear mouth guards or like do males wear cups? Like, is there any type of protection when you guys are in your guys' um, typical uniform? It depends on the individual. When I was competing, I personally didn't wear a mouth guard. Uh, I know of other athletes that did wear a mouth guard. I'm not exactly sure for the cups. I don't think people are actually allowed to wear cups in judo, though. Um, I don't think that's allowed just because you can't have any hard medals on you. So even in ponytails, for example, if you were to walk onto the mat and you had metal in your ponytail, you'd be disqualified from the match. Um, they're very strict on what you can and can't wear just for the safety of the other person because it is full contact. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly if the guys would wear cups, but I don't think they're allowed. To. Yeah, no, but basically it is like a pretty much like how boxers have gloves. Like this is a pretty much yeah. just full on body on body contact sport. Yeah. Okay. So outside the Olympics, so like we've been talking mainly like the, the format of there, and I know a lot of this does translate, but like, what does the, um, 
career progression or even like technical skill progression. I, I was watching clips um, to prepare for this from last Olympics. And I saw um, everyone was a black belt, for example. So what does the training progression and the career path look like for elite judo competitors? Um, so judo for the belt ranking, um, the progress happens over a course of many, many years. Um, and generally it takes about a year per belt and rank promotion. And you begin at a white belt, then you go to your yellow, orange, green, blue, brown, then to finally your first degree of black belt. Um, I'm from Canada, so I'm not sure if the rules are different outside of Canada, but individuals need to be a minimum of 16 years old to receive their first degree black belt. And then from there, there's 10 more degrees of black belt that an individual can receive. Um, but it takes many years to progress from each degree of black belt. For example, for someone to grade for their fifth degree black belt, they need to be to have their fourth for a minimum of five years. Um, and within this uh, time, people need to show knowledge of the sport, of its technical aspects, as well as contribute to the judo community through things such as volunteer work and giving back to the community. There's a big focus on when uh, grading happens in that way. Uh, for training for elite athletes, it consists of training uh, about six days a week, doing approximately, I'd say, seven sessions of uh, training per week. Um, Sessions can vary and consist of, uh, let's say, things like weight training, circuits, technical sessions, and sparring sessions. Um, and then the career path for an elite competitor looks like a lot of international traveling as for judoka to tra uh, qualify for the Olympics by, they qualify by their international ranking um, instead of their domestic ranking. So judoka need to be in the top 30 in the world ranking to qualify. Uh, but with this being said, countries can only send one athlete per weight division. So if there are two athletes from the same country in the top 30, there has to be that decision made on who the country gets to send. So elite athletes, you travel quite a bit. You're always going to different countries for different competitions since uh, you need to qualify internationally, not just domestically. So, yeah, that's interesting that not because like, I mean, some I mean, all sports have their own kind of like qualification process, but the fact that they put such weight in, um, you know, probably takes honestly some of the fear of being things being political or like which gym you're at, like, Hey, we don't care where you practice. We don't care who you practice against. Like, but then I guess at the same time, you do have to have the funds or sponsors to be able to go compete abroad, which isn't cheap either. So I see the pros and cons of each of each, but um, it makes sense that you have to go then compete internationally. So just in case you could win every domestic Canadian local tournament, but you would still need to prove yourself against the rest of the world as well. Yeah. Um, and is how like big, and let's just talk Canada where, where you're familiar with it. How big is the judo professional scene like of just doing tournaments or is pretty much the Olympic, like the international things to make the Olympics? if that makes sense. Like, is everyone's end goal the Olympics in this sport specifically, or there's a pretty good league or whatever the equivalent is that like we have basketball players that might be yeah. just uh, some opt out of the Olympics. They're like, this isn't why I play. Um, how's the professional scene in general for judo? Um, so the professional scene in judo, I'd say is fairly non-existent, at least in Canada. Most people that decide to opt out would probably switch over to MMA. Look at Ronda Rousey, for example, or Kayla Harrison. They all began as judo athletes, but then decided to switch into the UFC or into the MMA. Um, judo is very, uh, it's still an unprofessional sport, at least in Canada. So you, uh, at least outside of sponsorships uh, and carding opportunities, you aren't able to be paid to play. 
Um, so I think a lot of people's goal that are very highly competitive in the sport is to go to the Olympics because it does open quite a bit of those doors for some. Uh, but judo is a great sport in that even if you don't want to go to the Olympics, I think because of that focus on giving back and volunteering as you're like going through your belt rankings, uh, it really does build a good community. And, uh, that just goes beyond like, oh, I want to compete or qualify for the Olympics. It uh, goes beyond that quite a bit. Yeah, a phenomenal community, I'd imagine, too, with just like you're probably all kind of similar, especially that it's divided even as weight classes. So you're probably seeing similar people, even when you travel from like, so not just your Canadian community, but when you travel, it's probably the similar people. And I know it's like very surprising that, you know, you think that it's cutthroat, but even in, in every single sport you go and it's such a community when you see athletes in your sport same level like who just have appreciation from a sport especially one like judo that this has come down to so much technical and skill and the time commitment that you just described with getting uh, you know progressing through that level that I think it just comes to such a great community that people um it, it, half of it is you know Olympics is great but the community as you know something to do sounds awesome as well yeah it really is okay I think this was like perfect I've learned so much like I'm gonna like see it this year for the first time and experience it uh so through your lens and if it's through a Canadian lens that's completely fine um what are your athletes to watch and I'll make them my athletes to watch for judo um this Olympic season and if you happen to know when they compete let me know as well um so most of the Canadian athletes have actually already competed um but we've had like some really phenomenal results which has been really exciting for me to watch um so, for example, Ekaterina Guica, she made an incredible comeback after breaking her hand earlier this year, and she was still able to represent Canada in the under 52 kilogram division, which was incredible to see. Um, Jessica Klimkate actually just won a historic bronze medal for Canada, being the first female Canadian to ever medal at the Olympic Games, uh, which was so awesome to see. And then on the same day, Arthur Marjolidon had a fifth place finish, which was just shy of bronze, but you know, everyone is, it's incredible to see a Canadian athlete get to that level and everyone's super proud of them. Uh, then last night, uh, Antoine Valois-Fortier and Catherine Boschman-Pignard fought and Catherine, another historic medal for uh, Canada. She finished with a, an incredible third place finish, which has been awesome to see so much female representation within the sport. And this entire game, we've just been, uh, having these momentous moments for uh, female athletes in Canada, which has been really awesome to see. Our, um, uh, that being said, Antoine did incredible too. He was just shy of, uh, of uh, quarterfinals, I believe, but he had some really great fights. Uh, the only Canadian left, left to fight is uh, Shadi Elnahas, and he's going to be fighting on the 29th, but he is such an incredible and dynamic fighter, and his, uh, his fights are always really interesting to watch. There's always someone that's going to get thrown huge. And, uh, he's a very dynamic fighter. So I think he's the one that you'd want to watch next. Okay. And I should have asked this before is throw kind of like a body slam or like, what is exactly a, a like a, a knockdown or like, what, what do you describe a throw as? In so there's, so, there's a lot of different varieties of throws within judo. So a throw can be like tripping someone, for example, it can vary from tripping someone to foot sweeps to literally picking someone up and, essentially, for lack of a better term, like body slamming someone. Um, but there's just a huge variety of it. And I think that's kind of the cool thing about judo is 
within a fight, you might not see the same technique twice, for example, or if you watch two different fights, there's so many little different styles and nuances. So for example, the fighter I was just describing, he, like, for example, he'll probably pick someone up on the 29th and do a big throw, but there's other fighters that are, you know, they do the little foot sweep, but maybe they're not as dynamic and big, but they still have the same result. Still have the same effect and, and, Whatnot. Okay. I am so excited to watch this more. Um, I said before we started recording, I like fully admitted to Alex, I was like, judo was one of the sports that I just um, didn't really understand at all. And honestly, I would like switch it when it came on. And I was like, but that came from a place of lack of understanding, not lack of interest, if that makes sense. And I'm really glad that you agreed to come on and do this little, like, um, I call it like explain, like I'm five, like a very simple breakdown. Like I was a five-year-old that you're probably like, I can't use any of the terms I want to use, but I really appreciate you um, kind of explaining it for me and in a way that I could understand. So thanks so much for coming on, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to listen to the rest of the series and get to learn more about those other sports. I feel like I'm in the same situation where there's some sports that I, I just never learned about and I'm really excited to hear about the other ones. Yeah, no, thank you. So for a preview, since this is our first one, we've got some swimming, some rifle shooting, uh, volleyball, of course, um, a lot of great ones to come to. And it kind of progresses based on when like the medal matches are. So since um, judo was right up front, and like you said, we already missed some. So I wanted to get this one out first. Um, so thanks so much for agreeing to come on. We'll, we'll keep updated. Alex, would you mind tagging us in any updates you think for like judo that you see? And we'll make yeah. sure we share it to our stories. So make sure you're following us at more than my stats on Instagram. And you can follow along judo that way to make sure you don't miss uh, an important matchup or a summary of what you did miss.